When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you, continuing our conversation pertaining to Week 5 of the National Football League. And, Joe, one of the things that you wanted to talk about involved the market overreacting into some key spots. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there were some some games where we were thinking, okay, you know, it's really come down, but it's probably justified. And in the afternoon slate of games yesterday, the late window, it really seemed like uh, that was the case in a few different spots, and the favorites kind of ran away with it in the end. One instance, we're just talking about what was happening in the NFC East and how Philadelphia – Early on, they were look ahead, and early on, they were a six-point favorite against the Rams, a big surprise of the NFL this year. That was bet down to four and a, f- four and a half, and it did not budge all week. What happens in the end, even though early on the Rams were hanging and they were looking impressive, Cooper Cup looks really good, by the way, and that's, that's a yeah, heck of a one-two combo that they have at wideout. But the Rams end up with the cover by nine points. Other big move, people selling the Bengals. It got down to three early in the week, and it stayed at three. The look ahead on that number with Cincinnati, Arizona. Arizona was supposed to be the worst team in football, was seven and a half. Not the number before the season. A week before the game, it was seven and a half. Goes down to three. Bengals end up running away. It's by far the best burrow that we see. They don't even have T. Higgins on the field. Doesn't matter because they had Jamar Chase and his 19 targets. So I thought that was a big market move, and there you go. Atlanta was interesting. The number was moving because the look ahead was three and a half. It was one and a half to all week, but it goes to two and a half on Sunday and the game lands too. Paul Aspen, our producer brought it up before the show and he's right. Cause I've been noticing it. And actually I think it's happened in a lot of Falcons games. We're getting a bunch of games where the point spread is around there and it's landing, landing two. I'm not willing to say it's a mm-hmm. secondary key number, but it's interesting that we're getting a lot, you know, games landing on two or just some different numbers. You know, we're so used to just talking about three and seven, but it feels like over the last couple of years, that's, that's changed a bit. You know, another one, I'll say where it felt like it was a bargain. I, I didn't have a play on the side that I think you played Kansas City. Like it just kept yep. coming down and coming down and coming down. And I didn't understand why. Now, in the end, they cover. Uh, in the end, if you look at the box score, the total yardage was almost identical. The v- Vikings were in that game throughout. They had a chance to tie it at the very end, but um, it did feel like another deal where you're getting the Chiefs at a cheap price, 
and they end up covering. So if you go back to the priors, uh, some of the teams that uh, we expected to be good, like Cincinnati, like Philadelphia, Kansas City, point spreads lower than expected, all of them cover. In terms well, of why do you that think Vikings- that is, though? Because I mean, why do you think that market re- overreaction is happening, Joe? Because I get that we kind of get enamored by teams that sort of exceed expectations, but why wouldn't that happen every week, every season? I, I look at it as a case-by-case basis. So the Cincinnati number coming down, does that make sense? Well, it did because we didn't see the, the version of Burrow that we're used to. So I thought that was part of it. And also Arizona was much better than expected. And so people wanted to see Arizona hang. And okay, we saw Arizona at home take down the Cowboys. So that's fresh in people's minds. The Rams are another big story. Another NFC West team, way better than expected. And you know what? Philadelphia, yeah, they haven't lost, but they're not looking as good as I want. Aaron, I also think there's an element of, like with the Eagles, even though they're undefeated, that people kind of don't want them to be good. It kind of feels like, like, like they're picking nits with the Eagles. Like, I, I think that's more what it is like, okay. They, they weren't dominant in this fashion, like they were a year ago. So I'm going to start fading them. I could see that, you know, a win is a win and they're not really getting enough credit because they're not just blowing teams out and being super impressive in terms of the Vikings and chiefs though, like they have lost what four really close one score games. I wonder if that, like you were talking about case by case basis, maybe that's why the books were that number was coming down because they're like, well, the Vikings keep playing in these really, really close games dating back to last year. And is that why we saw that one getting tighter? I don't know. I don't possibly. Yeah. I, I think it's something different though. I think because Kirk cousins has actually played well, he's not been terrible by, by any stretch. It's just that this, this Vikings defense, because they're blitzing so much, it's leaving things wide open over the middle and an intermediate and deep passes. So it's something where you can imagine the Vikings being in a shootout relatively easily. Wouldn't take that much yeah. for that to happen. Uh, now, Justin Jefferson having a terrible performance and then getting hurt, uh, that means something. And so there, there's certainly some other elements to that game that, that are definitely worth bringing up. But I look at this and go, if it's a shootout, it almost doesn't matter what the number is to an extent at least. Where, where three and seven are largely the key numbers. And so if it's you know moving around between you know, six and four to three and a half or whatever, it's like, all right, well, maybe the Chiefs need to escape Minnesota with a win. And yeah, they're a lot better. And so they're more reliable doing that. But it's not necessarily like the Chiefs are six points better than the Vikings because the, the game script suggests it'll go back and forth, Aaron. Yeah, the, I, I think also with the Vikings, like they just can't run the ball anymore either. So like you said, they have want to, to be in a shootout. Yeah, they have right? to be. I don't think Kevin O'Connell ever wants to run the ball. That's why they got rid of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, right. But yeah, they certainly miss him. They have a zero run game. And so I think you're right. Like the the one score games, the fact that they're going to be in shootouts makes a lot of sense. And I, I still think the Chiefs, like you look at Mahomes hobbling around, that hobble he does, like we've seen that so many times <laughs> yeah. over the years. He's a soldier. He continues to play. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. He basically wills them to a win. I thought it was very impressive and a gutsy performance by the Chiefs. 
man okay there's a few things going on there first off <laughs> you know the taylor swift phenomenon is even more than i thought when you have girls showing up with signs where's taylor and getting vikings jersey that say swifty on the back i'm like what is happening in this country it was insane i'm like this is nuts i'm in, i'm making the assumption but i'm like they may have in just been country. introduced to the national football league they may have just they, they're they're there because in a wait why are they getting a vikings jersey with swifty like he's not dating a i don't know anyways um, I, I just thought that was so strange to me. It was so wild. Like the amount, the, the demographic that, that just her, whatever the relationship is between her and Kelsey that is coming into the NFL now, just, just how popular she is. Robo was talking about Kelsey leaving the game like he's done for the year. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, I get the speculation and all that, but he just kept going on and on. He's like, oh, non-contact injury. Jim, we know how those go. We, these never <laughs> these never end well. This could be really bad news for the Chiefs. And then he's out there later in the game catching a, a huge touchdown. I thought that was uh, wild speculation by Romo that he was mm -hmm. just basically saying this is going to be a horrific injury and this is bad for the Chiefs' big picture, which we all know. But maybe you should get some intel on that, Romo, before you start rolling with it. You're taking him to court right here, right now, aren't you? I, I just put him, no, put I him got somebody else. I got somebody okay. else in line. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. I, I I wasn't happy with what Romo was doing, but yeah, like there was definitely something odd there. Where I get Travis Kelsey, like the importance of that offense. Like, for, forget the Taylor Swift stuff for a second. Like, without Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs are a very different offense. I, I get all of that, but. That that made me a little concerned because there were just so many things that were unknown. And, like, you know, the field in general there, uh, groundskeeping or the manufacturers of, of whatever inside U.S. Bank Stadium, that mm -hmm. that is a group who may need to go to jail for that because they, Kelsey wasn't the only one slipping on the turf. That was certainly problematic. I'd like to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills here. And I've got a mm -hmm. question that I would like to pose to the rest of the group because – as we detailed on Friday, things are different for that game. Things were different for that game and that the Bills traveled on Thursday or Friday, closer to the end of the week to play in London. The Jaguars had already been there a full week, had played a game the week prior. They are used to these trips to, the, to London. They know how this is supposed to go. And ultimately, Jacksonville pulled off the upset despite being uh, significant underdogs. And yeah, Josh Allen played well, no doubt about that. The running game was non-existent for Buffalo, and I think what we're learning is that they really need that, and they really need good tight end play because that's the iteration mm -hmm. of the Bills we're going to be watching the rest of the season. That's fine. And they weren't really able to stop the Jaguars, you know, at a significantly consistent way. So I'm curious because weeks down the road, we're going to be looking at Bill's stats, and we're going to be grouping everything that happened in London with the rest of the year. And my question is, should we? Was that game just so different that maybe we need to put it to one side or put additional context around it to where we look at the rest of the season for the Bills and know that they can be the best team in the AFC when everything kind of comes together? Joe, what do you think about this idea of putting that game to one side and looking at everything else? And look, you can say this for the Jaguars as well. You can say this for them as well, because they've had some clunkers, more clunkers than exceptional performances. I wonder if that game is just such an outlier 
not that we throw it away because there's information there, but discount it significantly compared with the rest of the season. The first note that I took on this game was takeaway question mark, meaning I don't know. I don't right. know what the takeaway is. Can we look at the Jacksonville side and say, okay, they are now what we expected. They do what they do. They took care of business in London because it was such a different scenario. But but we also have the injuries piling up for Buffalo. That's legitimate. Like You're not going to be able to run away from that. And it was last week we were talking about Trey White, and this week we're talking about Matt Milano, Keycock to that defense. Take a look at the numbers with and without Milano. It is drastically different. And like I've been pro-Bills for the most part. I also don't want to get into a spot. Bills 3-2 and two on the season of the loss. Remember, start the year against the Jets. Monday night, overtime, crazy game. I also don't want to get in a position where I'm going to sit here and say that every Bills loss is fluky. And I don't want to and throwing it out because I think a lot of people ended up doing that with with it was an Allen three interception game. Rogers gets hurt, crazy catches, special teams finish, all that. Like there were cases to be made that that was a fluky one. And are we going to do this now with loss number two with the Bills? Like that was a fluky one. At what point you have to put it on them? Now the takeaway for me, more than anything, the in, and it wasn't just Milano. Felt like every few minutes, my God, that game had a lot of penalties. But every few minutes, you had a different mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill going down. And that is, that's troublesome. Like, when they were desperate, they were able to move the ball. Gabe Davis had a big game. So does Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen ends up with the most passing yards on the day. Because why? Game script. They were chasing it. Pass, pass, pass. Uh, that's why they ended up ditching the run game. But uh, the, the struggles against the Jaguars' rushing attack, 196 yards, that was worrisome. But uh, the other thing we need to throw in, what were the Bills doing? Why'd you leave so late? We have enough data. That's a bad idea, leaving so late. They looked like a team that was tired, Aaron. You're, You're muted. muted. Sorry about that. I don't remember hitting mute. So I think because the Jags have more experience playing in London, I just thought they had more of an edge. We didn't know, okay, what is it going to be like spending two weeks there? And they just seemed so like just looking at Trevor Lawrence and his body language and just his confidence, the way he's talking, it just felt like they were better prepared, you know, in terms of the travel and playing over there. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence was saying, you know, you got to measure yourself when you play really good teams. It just felt like that was the team that was going to win. Just hearing how he was talking after that win, they just seemed like they had it. And I don't want to, like you said, make excuses. Oh, the bills playing in London, this and that the inconsistency with Josh Allen is an issue too, but I don't know. I need more of a sample size this season than a couple of bad games to really say that I'm worried about it. I think. The standings will matter. The wins and losses certainly matter, but I do think that it's not just, okay, let's throw the fluky losses to the bills aside. I think mm-hmm. it it matters more that we look at the Jets in a different way or we look at the Jaguars in a different way because both of those teams have some really bad performances. And so those floors are much lower than, say, a Bills floor. But the ceiling for Buffalo, we know what they're capable of. Ultimately, this exercise is about, all right, 
who can string enough of these together and then take care of division yeah. futures, conference futures, things like that. But then also, too, who can string together enough wins in January and ultimately February to win this whole darn thing? And to me, it's about playing at your highest level. And we're not exactly going to know that in October, but we do know those fluky losses will matter when it comes to, say, home field advantage. Get some value on the Bills today. It You know, these teams right. that, that lost yesterday, the Bills are back to the number they were a couple weeks ago. It goes from 8 to the 10 to 1 range. And the Cowboys just about doubled. I see a 15 to 1 this morning. Insane. Wow. <laughs> this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, BetQL Court and one college football team that's nothing more than a money pit. That's right here on, Bet, on the BetQL Network.